on the viewpoint. News just in, Satu media statement on the reopening of schools. I'm going to read this because Mr. Ngosana Dolopi, who is the Deputy Secretary General, is on the line listening and will be engaging us on this. Um, if you have any questions or concerns or contributions you wish to make in relation to the opening of schools, well, here is the biggest union in the country's position on what he's proposed for the reopening of schools. Satu stands firm on its position, which was articulated on Friday last week, that no school shall open until our concerns are met. We urge the department to comply with minimum requirements, which we articulated in 14 points. Among others, these include the fumigation and disinfection of schools, proper school infrastructure in the form of proper toilet facilities and classrooms, observance of social distancing inside the classrooms and on courtyards, reduction of class sizes, provision of soap, sanitizers and masks, screening of learners, teachers and support personnel, social distancing in the transportation of learners to and from schools, provision of psychosocial services to assist learners as well as teachers to build resilience and calm down fears among the learners and teachers. If stage four regulations are to be adhered to, there should be no reopening of schools under stage four. The minimum Sorry, the minister should meet with stakeholders before any announcement is made and after making sure that the Department of Health has expertly assessed the risks. We reject importing the Taiwan, China, Denmark and Singapore misrepresentation by the Director General. The context and culture are not the same. We must use our context, culture and data to inform our actions. Finally, we have called upon everyone to contribute towards the solution, but it is now clear that the Department of Basic Education is engaging in bad faith, and this is undesirable when we are faced with a virulent of contagious a virulent of contagious pandemic. We can't allow them to liquidate our workers and students. Signed by Satu, that's the General Secretary, Mr. Malulege, the Deputy Secretary General, Mr. Dolopu, as well as the Media Officer, Mr. Mbim. Klegazi, good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Songeva. Thanks uh, for having us. It appears as though we are no closer to the zenith between a credible relationship between the biggest stakeholder outside the teaching profession, being the teachers, or rather the union in the labor sense, and the department. In other words, unions and the public sector at loggerheads at a time where we especially need them to be at IDEM. Why? No, I don't think we are at loggerheads. I think we are just trying to advise and trying to provide uh, some suggestions which we think should be solutions mm. uh, to assist us to move forward. You must remember, if you read our statement, our statement is consistent. I was just like following the ministers now. Yes. As they were making their presentation, Sumamu, Suma, and the, and the other ministers. There's one thing that I picked up from their presentation. One of them is that industries have to adhere to the regulations uh, of COVID-19. And companies that breach the regulations will be forced to close. I mean, just that, that if you look at our statement, it's basically uh, consistent to the regulation. We are saying that the Department of Education should comply to the regulations in preparation. They must adhere to the regulations of COVID-19 in terms of readiness. Mm. And those are the issues that we are saying ought to be considered, like you just said now, the question of the fumigation, mm. the disinfection of schools, proper school infrastructure, 
proper toilet facilities, observance of social distancing. And our point here is that, uh, remember we are at schools, we have the experience, we know what is happening at schools. Mm. We know, for instance, that at our schools, more especially uh, in the township schools and in the rural schools, I mean, we always say it's not a secret, Songhez, for you to know that we're having classes up to 80 and even more than 80 learners. Oh, for sure. In man. some instances. So we are saying that as we say we must reopen schools, yes, indeed, schools must reopen. We agree with that. But let's adhere to the regulations for readiness. So we must be able to, to say, how are we going to deal with social distancing with a class of 80 learners? It will then mean that if, for instance, you have to deal with social distancing and the suggestion is between 1.5 and 2 meters uh, in between, it's possible that you might end up with 20 learners, 25 learners uh, in one class. So it means that one class will possibly be uh, divided into three classes. Now, if you divide that one class of 80 learners into three classes, it means you need two additional classes. Mm. But not only two additional classes, teachers. you also need two additional teachers mm. for you to be able to do that. So I'm just, I'm just saying it's so simple to understand that for up until the department is able to demonstrate how they will deal with the question of overcrowded classes and also link it to the regulation that says that there must be social distancing. If they are able to address that and they're able to come back to the stakeholders, to SATU, and say, SATU, we will be able to deal with the question of social distancing in this way. That will be one box that will tick and say, yes, indeed, you have done well. Let's move on. The second point is transportation somewhere. You and I know, I mean, the advantage is that we are coming from the townships, and some of us come from the rural areas. The transportation of our learners in the rural areas, even of the teachers in some instances, uh, some of these learners are crammed into vans and into kumbis, overcrowding. Mm. Uh, over, 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 over this thing, you, you, you put them all in this, in this, in this sense. So we are saying the regulations, their own regulations of government, are saying that uh, you should not load anything above 70%. So we are taking it back to them. We are saying, show us, Minister, how are you going to deal with the question of 70% for learners who are always cramped into a van? in rural areas, in the township schools. If they are able to show us that no, no, Satu stakeholders, this is how we are going to deal with the question of transportation and how we are going to adhere to the regulation of 70%, we'll tick that box and say, yes, it's fine. The lockdown, the regulations speak about the question of hygiene. Let's prioritize hygiene. They say we must wash uh, our hands all the time, regularly, and that kind of thing. We say that's good, that's fine. It's their own regulation. We say to them, show us government. We have many of our schools, more especially in the townships, in the rural areas, who don't have uh, water. How will you then be able to expect of these learners and these teachers to wash their hands regularly if they don't have water? So what we say to them, show us. How will you make sure when the schools are reopened that there will be water available at all those schools that don't have water, such that learners adhere to your own questions, your own issues that you're bringing up, Mm. saying that we must adhere to hygiene, we must wash water, and so on and so forth. So if they can show us that, we'll tick that box and say, hey, that's fine. Let me interrupt so we you. Go with, we go with them like that and say that we need to adhere to their, let them adhere to their own, their own regulations. No, I accept. I, I, I do want to interrupt you then, Tlegazi, because okay. whilst I accept that indeed what you propose is quite consistent with the proper 
response, if you like, to the pandemic in a clinical sense. Some of what you are requiring is certainly not immediately available or realizable. I would imagine a lot of these in this 14-point plan or 14-point request that you have is something which is very necessary and ideal in South African education spaces and schools. Some of those things within the 14 points are certainly a direct response to COVID-19 and consistent with the regulations. Others, though, were there before COVID-19, are a legacy issue. For instance, classroom numbers and sizes, the challenges occasioned by scholar transport, as you articulated, the school feeding scheme, and we know what challenges mass cooking is to COVID. So you almost have to take that away. Of those things that... I have just articulated yeah, some of them you are not going to get. Do you realize that as subtle that perhaps not all of these 14 points can and will be met? For instance, classroom sizes or teachers. I understand there are lots of unemployed people, not necessarily lots of unemployed teachers who are ready to take up work right now. And, and the nuances attached to what you require versus what is in reality available, either within the resources or practical arrangements that have to take place before the assumption of duty, and questions as to now how you engage your suppliers and the terms of the contracts that you have existing with your suppliers that have to change. Yeah? Yes, yes. but I'm just saying let's come back uh, to your question then. Let's take the question of of classes. Mm. If you say that uh, the classes uh, will not be there, then it means we must accept as a country that there will be no uh, social uh, distancing at our schools. It, in fact, your, your, your argument, your logic mm. then says, mm. let's accept the 80 learners in the class. Perhaps but not accept, not, but... Is that not defeating our whole argument to say that social distancing is important? But like I'm saying, let me also assist you and maybe agree to some, some extent. And say, then we can agree on other ways of attending to the very question of social distancing and the number of overcrowding. I mean, there were suggestions that we, we put to them of how do we manage time of learners coming to school. I mean, that, those are arguments, those are discussions that we could have mm. to say that perhaps they don't come uh, at the same time uh, to school. I mean, like we used to do, say, some of them would come at this time, dismiss at some stage, you allow that. I mean, those are some of the discussions that must ensue up to when we agree on what is best. For us to to to, but so up until we don't have solutions to some of these things, you can't just tell learners to go back because it's a legacy issue. It can't be like that. Otherwise, you are saying go back to school and die because in any way we are having questions of legacy. No, I'm I'm not being as flippant as that, but I, I I am saying. I mean, I think I accept the logic that you're employing to arrive to that conclusion, and 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 here is exactly where the dichotomy is or where the tension lies. It's clear that the Department of Basic Education and Democratic South African governments, all six of them, have dropped the ball in relation to making sure not only is the infrastructure in the education space, particularly in the marginalized spaces, your former senior secondary schools and junior secondary schools, outside your Model C setups, they have, they are the, I would even argue they are worse now than they might have been before, except for a couple of interventions here and there. Now, those systemic challenges, which I think my point was directed at, are not something which will be dealt with in the next week or the next two or even in this academic year. Some of them are long-term projects simply because they have not been attended for as long as 26 years. How then do we navigate those inherent challenges that are always there, that with the plight that COVID is now occasioning on the school setup, 
you simply cannot reconcile them. Or to the extent that you give one up, you means you allow the other one to take place. So, so to speak, well, we must accept that COVID is a reality and social distancing is not a reality. I accept it's not if the conditions remain. But some of them are just not going to be addressed now. That's my point. Yes, no, I agree with you. That's why I'm saying that we need to think out of the box, for instance. If we, if they could come back to us before making this uh, announcement, like I'm saying, remember, I made one suggestion to say that how do we think about the management of time, mm. uh, of, of making sure that maybe to address the question uh, of, uh, of, uh, of social distancing, you don't bring the entire population of the learners uh, to school at the same time. You could always have them in, in, in breaks, uh, cohorts of learners coming to school. I'm saying th- those are discussions that must ensue. Let them come back to the table with the stakeholders. Let them come back to meet the teachers. Let them come back to meet the learners, the parents. And then we, as a collective, discuss and come up with solutions that are going uh, to assist us moving forward around these things. But there are some of them that are just non-negotiable, like water, for instance. Mm, absolutely. I mean, you, 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 you can't say uh, to me, no, because water is a legal issue. Therefore, no, no, we, we, we can even continue we agree on that. Uh, uh, water. So there are some things like uh, sanitizers. I mean, we agree on that. Sure. You, you should be able uh, to make sure that the sanitizers uh, are available, disinfecting our, our, our classes. I mean, those are simple things that uh, need to be, to, be, to be happening and they should be addressed. But remember, they promised to say that they are going to deliver on those things. <laughs> they said not, those are non-negotiables that they agree with us and they will address them. So that's why we are saying that uh, live by your word. You promise us you are going to deal with the non-negotiables. You promise you are going to come with extra classes. You are going to appoint uh, additional teachers. So we are saying do that. If you can do that, then no problem. Let's go back to school uh, and teach our learners. They said they will. they are having a plan to address the question of uh, transportation, uh, the regulations on uh, how do we manage the percentages of how many learners you load uh, in one uh, vehicle. So I'm saying, let's address those. Otherwise, if we don't address them as long as my brother, the, the, the sad part of it, you remember, we, we, we might take it light for now, but this is a generation of 13 million learners that we are talking about. This is, a few, this is the future of our country. And one we don't even want to experience one debt uh, because of an irresponsible decision. Mm. So let's try and do everything that is possible to avoid that. I mean, if it happens, it must happen after we have tried our best. Uh, and then we are at least able to sleep every night and say that it was not because of an irresponsible decision that led us uh, to have this kind of situation. Here. Let me just conclude on this question mm. and say to you, I let me cite many of the epicenters that we have, my brother. Uh, Johannesburg. I'm just imagining what will happen uh, to jo- in Johannesburg to both the teachers, uh, the learners, the TVET lecturers, and our officials who are going to the offices. In, we remember that's where the numbers are growing exponentially. Then you go to to Mangau uh, in Bloemfontein. You you have that thing. it's an epicenter. The numbers are growing there every day. What is going to happen? That I, I just can't imagine mm. uh, what would happen in Mangau. If our schools uh, are open, you go to Etequin, I mean, the numbers are just growing there, my brother. And we are experiencing that on a daily basis. The numbers are growing there. You go to Cape Town, you go to Nelson Mandela. Place. So I'm just saying uh, the plan must address even those questions where we see that how are we going to deal with the epicenters 
uh, how w- w- are we going to make sure that our learners are not going to contract this thing uh, in those areas that I just cited there. But the danger is that now that we have those epicenters there, it's possible that now you can start transporting this thing quite easily with the movement of more people. We are talking about 13 million people here, 13 million learners, and we are talking about 440,000 teachers mm. uh, who are moving around here. So the possibility of the movement of this thing, I mean, you have teachers who stay in Gauteng, but who are teaching in Kronstadt in Free State, or vice versa. You have a teacher uh, who stays uh, in, in who teaches in in in, in Pumalanga, but uh, in Gauteng, that kind of thing. They are moving every day. So I'm saying, let's consider this thing. Let's apply our mind, and let's not be in a hurry. That's the fear. That's the caution we're also making. Let us not be in a hurry. Okay. Let's apply our minds properly and get let's good take solutions. A call. And then we move forward. Let's take a call, Bungosana. Let's go to you, Tabo, in the Free State. Good evening, Tabo. Thanks for holding. Your thoughts, please. Uh, thank you. I strongly agree with the, uh, our speaker, Fat, to 100%. We are going through with the grade 7 and grade 12 through uh, next year when you come back, the coronavirus will be east down, not to send our children now to school. I strongly agree. I don't. I just want to be short. You know, you don't want to, t- to, to, to prolong the story. He's 100%. We go through uh, the spread of uh, uh, social distance to other sc- schools around the township is going to be accepted so that our children must be safe. Strongly agree with Satu. Thank you, Songes. So, 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 Excellent, Butabo. Thank you so much for your time. Let's play one voice note that so far we have received. Just to confirm, 0614-104-107, voice notes short precise clear under 40 seconds we are more than likely to play them time permitting of course evening evening songezo and your guest this is also too deep in peter marisberg 105.0 fm yes i support Satu because president ramaphosa said the only gathering is funeral and the number is 50. so now at schools if now we've got the 40 learners in one class then if you've got grade h a b and c then times those 40 times three you see it's more than 50. one two who's going to look after the kids outside that if they are wearing masks and not hugging each other when it's lunch time how many teachers are going to be there at school so this thing is not working thank you very much just on the evidence of these two voice notes um Bungo, what if I put it to you then, the academic year in South Africa, at least 2020, is over even before, even before it began? It's not possible to have it because these things are the kinds of challenges that there are then, non-negotiable, some of the sentiments that have come through from you even. So is it fair to say 2020 is over? There's no academic no, year? No, Songez, I don't think we should argue like that. I think we can still uh, save... Uh, some, some we still can still recover some days uh, for 2020. I argued, for instance, in another show to say that we must appreciate the fact that there was work done uh, from from January up to March uh, for this year. So, so we don't work. I'm saying uh, on a zero base. So it's not uh, we we have a foundation laid for this year, uh, which was. Uh, Teaching and learning uh, took place during those three months. And during that time, there was school-based assessment, which means our learners were subjected to some forms of assessment up to mm. the end of March. Remember, the school is closed in fact two days 
the lockdown or the closing of the schools by the president was two days before the schools were closed on the 20th of March. So the first quarter, uh, I think we have done what we, we should have done. So it's just this quarter uh, that we might be having challenges with. I argue that if you can open the schools at any other time later on, after we have assessed and scanned the environment properly, we can still uh, recover some time, more especially for the grades uh, from grade one uh, up to grade 11. We are still able to recover some time and subject our learners to some sort, some form of assessment uh, in November. That assessment could be able to determine uh, whether our learners have done well or they cannot do okay. So this year, for all I think we have always argued in fact, Sato, uh, for that kind of way that school continuous assessment of the learners is far more important than the summative one that we have at the end of the year. Because the continuous one gives you uh, a, an on-point kind of development uh, of a learner, an intervention uh, at that time after assessing the learner. So for those grades, I don't think we have a, a, a crisis. Mm. We might have to think about how we are going to deal with our grade 12s. But as we are saying that we have to deal with the grade 12s, it means there must also be a discussion with the Department of Higher Education about what we will do with these learners in, 20, in 2021. There must also be a discussion with the universities to say that how are we going to manage uh, the enrollment admission uh, of these learners in 2021. My problem, which is a personal view, it might not be a sad view, is that this thing of calendar year, uh, January to November, <laughs> yes, it's there. But under a situation like this, can we also again think out of the box and say that... Yeah. Uh, now that we still want our learners to finish grade 12 to finish their syllabus, can they be given, can we request for extra days, even if we run into the next year? Uh, and write examination at the time that we are certified that we would have prepared them for the examination, subject them to a, a, an examination, and thereafter you then allow them to go and, and enroll at universities and continue with life. Right. Life does not come to an end in, 20, in December 2020. Life does not come to an end. That there will be a 2021, there will be a 2022. It's just about us adjusting our lives uh, because of the disruption caused by the COVID-19 uh, and see how we are able incrementally I've got you. moving forward no. to adjust our lives properly. I've, I've got you, and, and, and that's a very interesting proposal. I really need to wrap my head around that. I might even call you privately to discuss that. The fact that the calendar year alone is not so sacrosanct that this academic year cannot spill over into 2021. Interesting point, and I'm not dismissing it because we know that that's the structure of the academic year, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere, just to follow the sun, really. But those are the thoughts of Ngosana Dolopi, who is the Deputy Secretary General of SATU, among a plethora of other thoughts that he has given us time to think about. Nathan in Bombella, you are next. We'll play a couple of voice notes as well before reading some. Good evening, Nathan. Good evening, Mr. Songezo. How are you? Well, sir, how are you? I'm okay. Okay, Mr. Songezo, uh, if the semester or whatever failed, children might catch up any time, even if they correspond to next year. There is no problem. But if my children pass away, I can't catch up. You understand? So to make a good experiment so that our children can study, let the member of parliament ministers go in the parliament. If they start their business of being in parliament for legislature or whatever, then our children will go back to school. You understand? <coughs> but if they can't be in the parliament to, to talk what is supposed to be what they are, about their business, then our children can't go to school because it's the same thing. 
Excellent. No, we've got you. Thank you so much, Nathan. Pertinent point. This is very similar to what Steve in Mbumalanga is saying. Sir, I will never send my child to school to the officials have their house in order because social distancing in school will never exist. 90% will contact each other in some way. It's dangerous with this virus. Let's go to Bulugwana. Good evening, John. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, Mr. Yes, sir. I'm here. How are you? Yeah, look, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the, for the opportunity. Just a quick one. Uh, you see, the, the issues that were raised by Satu in their statement, uh, all those points that they've raised, uh, to me, they're saying uh, the academic year is finished, which kids can no longer go to school this year, unless if Songhezo, when we wake up, Tomorrow we hear that there is no longer corona. But if you can look into those issues, mm. we know Zongezo. I know we know the schools that we we, we went to, uh, our local schools in the in the villages. There are just problems there. The issue that is, is that is raising overcrowding and all those other uh, you know uh, hygiene issues. They are not going to be possible. Pit toilets, all these things. You know, I, I, I understand that education is very important, but now we are faced with a monster here and our schools are not ready. Even although, even those model schools that are not ready, grade 12 or grade R, I don't think we are ready for taking back the, the kids to school, Mr. Mapet. Yeah, ne? it's difficult. Yeah. Parents, your thoughts. Thanks so much, John. We do appreciate that. Let me read a couple. There's one from Tata, my dear good friend who listens very regularly Lister and Tata sending children to school in level 4 is shocking even if a child loses a year of schooling what is one year in a person's whole life nothing compared with its life an opportunity to engage in the context of times and how we can respond to the challenges of social distancing here's one one of our listeners who's based in New Jersey the United States just woke up this friend of ours if we have 50 learners in a class, let's say, they can be divided into two groups of 25. 25 attend in the morning and the other in the afternoon. For example, time could be 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Another 13 hours to 5 p.m. Of course, that is not without its challenges. First of all, for a class to start at 8 p.m., Emma Kaya, you have a situation whereby you've got to consider what time that child is leaving home. Lots for you to think about. Nathan called, John called, a couple of messages that have come through, one from Lister and one from our colleague in New Jersey. We're going to take an ad break now. You're going to reply with your answers. Please, Bungosana, after the break. on SAFM. Thanks for the cake, Nayel Pondwana. You're looking smart. We appreciate that. You've heard those comments from the callers and from what I read out. Your response, Budungo? I'm not sure. I think if you followed uh, your your bulletins, I think your news ones at, at six, if I'm not mistaken, mm. they were giving us an update of uh, the testing of uh, I think three thousand police uh, today. About a thousand of them, yeah. Yeah, a thousand of them. I think hundreds of them uh, tested uh, positive uh, today. I mean that's scary. So so I'm just saying that uh, in whatever decision we will be taking, let this issues also come to the fore. Let's appreciate that, that already uh, the workforce, I mean, if you go to the retail sector, I mean, many of our workers already mm. are contracting this thing. Some of them already have passed away. I don't think our learners and teachers and officials, TVET lecturers should be statistics. Uh, we should really be very careful and value and respect 
the lives of our children, the lives of our teachers, of these officials that will be working at the offices of the department and TVET lecturers. That's why I'm saying that let's apply all precautionary measures such that we should not leave with a guilt or guilty consciousness that it was because of us rushing in taking a decision, being irresponsible to taking a decision at the expense of the lives uh, of our children. You must remember, Songhezo, many of our children who are coming, unfortunately, from our townships and rural areas already are not well. I mean, some of them have their own uh, ailments already. So as they are coming to school, and remember we are approaching winter now, a, a season of flu and all these kind of things, something it will compound uh, the problem that we, we are facing. So mm. we, we need to discuss those issues. How do we navigate our way through those challenges of our children who come to Final question. them with many of these things? Then, so Final question. Yeah. These issues are deep. They need people who are truly committed. Do you have an agent with whom you can advance the teaching profession and schooling life totally in the minister, Motsecha? Yes or no? Look, she is uh, engaging us. Let me give that to her. I mean, she has engaged us up to now. Let's be honest. Uh, she has listened to us. So we hope that she will continue doing that. I mean, we have had a very cordial uh, relationship with her. We raise issues with her. She raised issues with us. Uh, she confides and she's open with us. So I don't think we have a principal problem with, it, with her. Uh, just to say that maybe it might be differences of approaches. For instance, yeah, I think she will still come back to us. We'll engage and we'll find a best way out of this thing. It's not about uh, Minister Mutsera. It's not about Nkosana Duluth. It's about our country. It's about our learners. It's about our teachers. So we will have to just leave our egos and foreground the lives, the safety, and the health of the teachers, the health of the, teachers, the learners. And if we can do that, I don't think we'll have a problem. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate that. We will probably be calling on you sooner than soon because I don't imagine this is the last of it. There are so many voice notes that I hear that I haven't had the chance to play, but I will play. But for you, for now, thank you so much indeed. Shabbat What's at play here is these tenders. Um, these people want to run these uh, tenders through selling like these uh, masks and all these gears which they could actually spend that money into like buying data and make that education in their houses you see but they want to push just to get uh, uh, to sell uh, all these protective gears I, I don't find this there and they're gonna put us in a problem there are children that are, are, are learning uh, between uh, uh, provinces uh, good evening songezo and Lanta here my point is that I don't think we, 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 we should be in a rush to open the academic year. But then again, we should appreciate that the department has done something uh, uh, in responding to what is needed in schools. What we should do and what the department should do is that they should further consult with stakeholders and they should have a checklist of what the stakeholders need and what they have already done. Uh, good evening, Songeso and the family. I, I'm of a view that, man, I think the Department of Education must allow the, the, the process of screening and uh, testing to unfold, at least to a certain point whereby we can say now we've tested majority of the 
population, then at least we are uh, close to assurity that we have contained the virus. I think the opening of schools will 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 will, will cause a havoc. Uh, thank you very much. It's DKA Free State Fusion School. Fantastic folks, fantastic folks. Thanks so much for your time. Let's just please, um, because I'm getting a couple of messages from other listeners now. Let's please try and switch the radio off when we drop a voice note. However difficult it is, just do it, please. Equally, when you call, switch your radio off. This is not an SAFM rule. This is just a radio rule because the feedback we get from the two voices is incredibly painful on this end. Might not feel it on your end, but certainly on this end, it is quite troublesome.